Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, the holiday season is upon us. So today I'm going to be doing a holiday special episode. We're going to do Saturnalia. And you're wondering, what's Saturnalia? Well, I didn't know myself, but I used to listen to this podcast called The History of Rome, and I learned all about ancient Roman history. It was so, so fascinating. But the host of that podcast, it ran for about four or five years. Every Christmas and the Christmas episode, he would not say happy Christmas or happy holidays. He would say happy Saturnalia. And so I got curious what he was talking about. and He explained all about Saturnalia. So I thought I would do a Saturnalia episode of this podcast. So let's get into it. Today's story is Saturnalia and the origin of the Christmas cracker. According to Nanny Piggins. We must get Christmas crackers, declared Nanny Piggins. Nanny Piggins, Boris and the children were at the supermarket, having picked up what Nanny Piggins considered a few chocolate Yule logs, which actually meant an entire shopping trolley full of chocolate Yule logs. They had been about to leave when a display of Christmas crackers caught Nanny Piggins' eye. Why, asked Samantha, it's still four weeks until Christmas. But Christmas crackers are so much fun, said Nanny Piggins. Really? said Derek. Nanny Piggins had lived the most spectacularly glamorous and exciting life. She had been blasted across borders, danced with dictators, trapezed during tornadoes, and eaten more delicious cake than is humanly possible. One of the chief advantages of being a pig is that you can eat way more cake than a human. So it astonished Derek that his amazing nanny should be so excited by the sight of a Christmas cracker. But they're lame, said Michael. The jokes are terrible. The toys are disappointing, said Derek. And no one looks good in one of those paper crowns, said Samantha. But that's the whole point, said Nanny Piggins. It's traditional. Huh, said Michael. In fact, laying gifts, silly hats and pranks are so traditional, said Nanny Piggins, they predate Christmas. How can a Christmas cracker predate Christmas, asked Derek. Well, people have only been celebrating Christmas for 2,000 years, said Nanny Piggins. But people have been having parties since long before that. In the ancient German history days, they used to celebrate Yuletide, which is where we get Yule logs and Yule wreaths from. And in the ancient Roman history days, they used to celebrate Saturnalia. Saturnalia, asked Michael. You mean like the planet Saturn? Yes, said Nanny Piggins. The planet Saturn and the day of the week Saturday were both named after Saturn, the ancient Roman god. Was he as bad as Zeus, asked Samantha. Samantha did not approve of the way Zeus conducted himself in the ancient Greek story days. Not at all, said Nanny Piggins. Saturn was the god of agriculture. Oh, said Derek. That doesn't sound too exciting. 
You say that because you're standing at a supermarket full of food, said Nanny Piggins. But for an ancient Roman, there were no supermarkets. There was no Uber Eats and the chocolate bar had not been invented yet. If you wanted to eat something, you had to grow it yourself. And if it didn't grow, you'd starve. So there was no god more important than the god of agriculture. And he invented Christmas crackers, asked Michael. No, said Nanny Piggins, but the things in Christmas crackers are all the things that people used in the ancient Roman history days to celebrate Saturn. Oh, said Michael. He didn't really understand what Nanny Piggins was saying, but he didn't believe that asking follow-up questions would help. In fact, it just so happens that it was a distant relative of mine from the ancient Roman story days, Livia Piggins, who invented the Christmas cracker. Although she didn't call it that at the time, said Nanny Piggins. Really, said Derek. And was she impossibly glamorous and beautiful, asked Samantha. Well, she was a Piggins, so of course, said Nanny Piggins. You're going to have to tell us the whole story, said Derek. All right, I will, said Nanny Piggins. You'd better all open a Yule log each, so you've got something to nibble on while I tell you all about it. So the children sat on the floor of the supermarket around Nanny Piggins, munching on their Yule logs as Nanny Piggins began her tale. It all started over 2,000 years ago. My dear great-great-great-times-184 greats cousin Livia was a shopkeeper on the Palatine Hill, which was the poshest part of Rome where all the rich people lived. What sort of shop was it, asked Samantha. A gift shop, said Nanny Piggins. She sold exotic perfume, beautiful silk clothes, expensive jewellery. It was a very fancy shop. But one year, it all went horribly wrong. Right before Saturnalia, her supplier delivered the wrong order. Instead of delivering crates full of expensive clothes, jewels and perfumes, they delivered crates full of cheap, junky little toys. Oh no, what am I going to do? Saturnalia is my busiest time of the year. My customers are going to be angry if all I have to sell them is rubbishy gifts that will probably break in the first five minutes, said Livia. Would you like a hug? asked her shop assistant, who happened to be a very nice bear called Barry. Oh, he sounds lovely, said Boris. And indeed he was, said Nanny Piggins. Quick, Barry, lock the door, said Livia. We shall have to shut the store until we can find some better stock. Barry rushed over to shut the door, but he was very good at dancing and could not resist doing a few flutter kicks and a pirouette along the way. Which is entirely understandable, added Boris. Indeed, agreed Nanny Piggins. Just as he reached the door, it flew open and a customer strode in. And that customer was none other than Claudius Caesar, Emperor of Rome. Gosh, said Samantha. Did Claudius compliment Barry's little dance, asked Boris. Naturally, said Nanny Piggins. He may have been an emperor and therefore impossibly arrogant, but he had eyes and could recognise brilliant dance when he saw it. Then he turned to my cousin Livia. You there, shopkeeper, said the emperor. I must buy a Saturnalia gift for my wife. And it had better be good, because she's a little bit cross with me for executing her hairdresser. Why did he execute her hairdresser? asked Derek. Curtain bangs, said Nanny Piggins. They look lovely on most people, but the Empress did not have the forehead to pull them off. That's really harsh, said Michael. That's just the way it was back in the ancient Roman history days, explained Nanny Piggins. It was traditional for Roman emperors to have terrible tempers and to execute lots of people. 
It seems shocking to us now. These days, people constantly complain about everything politicians do, often with good reason. But at least our modern politicians don't build enormous amphitheatres, fill them with lions and throw the voters in at feeding time. Anyway, Cousin Livia did not know what to do. She didn't think the emperor would be too interested in her explanation about stock flow troubles, but she didn't want to be executed, so she decided to improvise. As it happens, I have just received the very latest in giftery from my supplier in Magna Gratia, said Livia, which technically was not a lie. What is it? asked the emperor. Um, said Livia, thinking quickly, a Saturnalia hand tube. Saturnalia hand tube? That doesn't sound very promising, said the emperor. Oh, your wife will love it, I guarantee, said Livia. I'll fetch one for you to see. Livia dived behind the curtain into the back room of her shop. She rushed over to the bathroom, grabbed a roll of toilet paper and pulled out the cardboard spool from the middle. Did they have toilet paper in ancient Rome, asked Derek. My cousin Livia did, said Nanny Piggins. Now stop applying logic and historical accuracy to my story. Sorry, Nanny Piggins, said Derek. Next, Livia went over to the crate and picked out a toy. I call it a toy, but really it was just two pieces of brass knotted together. It would have to do. She dropped it into the tube. This didn't seem like enough to give an emperor. So to pat it out, Livia grabbed some of the wrapping paper used to pack the toys and cut it into the shape of a paper crown. She folded that up and put it in the tube too. She still thought there was a very good chance the emperor would execute her when he saw how lame this gift was. So to put him in a better mood, Livia tore off a scrap of paper and wrote her favourite joke on it, then tucked that into the tube as well. Now came the stroke of genius. She gift-wrapped it. As the owner of a gift shop, Livia knew the importance of good gift wrapping, especially when the gift inside the wrapping was not so good. She used her shiniest, most colourful paper, wrapped it around the tube and tied off each end with a beautiful piece of ribbon, then burst back out into the shop front. The emperor was still there making small talk with Barry. Barry was explaining the difference between a turn and a pirouette. Here you go, your greatness, Livia called out to the emperor. Behold, this year's most sought-after Saturnalia gift... The Saturnalia hand tube. The emperor looked at the tube in Livia's hand. How does it work? You grab your end, said Livia. I hold my end and we pull. This sounds like something I should get a slave to do for me, said the emperor suspiciously. Oh no, that's the whole point, said Livia Piggins. You have to do it yourself. You don't want the slaves to have all the fun. Now, to be fair, the emperor may have been silly, but he was a brave man. Roman emperors were constantly fighting in wars, so he grabbed hold of the nearest end of the tube and pulled. And kaboom! Why did it go kaboom, asked Derek. Oh, I forgot to mention, Livia was a Piggins, and therefore she really, really, really enjoyed blasting things. It's been a Piggins family trait for millennia. So Livia just happened to have a big barrel of gunpowder in her back room that she'd imported from China. And when she was trying to make a toilet roll, stuffed with a bad joke, a paper hat and a lame toy exciting, her eyes caught on the gunpowder, and she thought, why not? Livia put a little dab of gunpowder on a piece of cardboard and ran that through the middle of the tube. When the emperor pulled, it exploded with a big bang and an enormous amount of smoke. Cool, said the emperor from his position on the floor. He'd been knocked on his bottom from the blast. What happens next? Now you enjoy the gifts inside, said Livia Piggins. The emperor picked up the toy made of two pieces of twisted brass. What is it? asked the emperor. It's a puzzle, said Livia Piggins. It looks like two twisted pieces of brass, said the emperor. 
The simplicity is what makes it so clever, said Livia. You have to try and figure out how to get the two pieces apart. It's a brain teaser. Can I hit them with my sword? asked the emperor. No, said Livia. I don't think my wife will like this, said the emperor. She likes expensive gifts. This doesn't look expensive enough. Oh, but that is the latest fashion in Saturnalia gifts, said Livia. Expensive, thoughtful gifts are passé this year. If you truly care about someone, you'll get them a gag gift, something cheap and tacky. That's how you truly show you care, because you know your relationship is so strong you can share a joke. Really, said the emperor. Oh, yes, it would be positively insulting to give your wife a diamond-studded bracelet or an incredibly expensive bottle of perfume, said Livia. Well, what's this paper thing? asked the emperor, picking up the paper crown. It's a crown made of paper, said Livia. But I've already got a crown made of solid gold, said the emperor, pointing to his head. Yes, but this year, Saturnalia is all about turning normality upside down, said Livia. You see, your wife can put on this paper crown and pretend she is the emperor for the day. It will all be jolly good fun. Everyone likes playing dress-ups. Then the emperor noticed the scrap of paper. And what's this? That is the best bit, said Livia. That is a joke. Read it and see. The emperor unfurled the scrap and read aloud. What is brown and sticky? He flipped it over. A stick. Oh, I get it. It's a play on the word stick. Because stick is a noun meaning a branch from a tree. But stick is also a descriptive word for a glue-like substance. Exactly, said Livia. And this joke is funny, asked the emperor. Very, said Livia. But brown and sticky could also be a chocolate mud cake, Barry pointed out. Barry, stop being logical in front of the emperor, ordered Livia. Sorry, Livia, said Barry. So the emperor bought the Saturnalia hand tube and explained to his wife how it was the best Saturnalia gift imaginable. And no one liked to call the emperor silly, not even his wife, because the emperor did have the power to execute them. So the tradition took off. Saturnalia became a day all about silliness and pranks, wearing silly hats and role reversal. Slaves would wear free men's hats. Free men would wear slave hats. Masters would be the servants of the day and serve their slaves as if they were the masters and silly gag gifts would be given out among friends. Oh, that's really nice, said Samantha. Yes, it was. Everyone enjoyed it tremendously, said Nanny Piggins. So, 300 years later, when the Romans decided to start celebrating Christmas, they celebrated in all their favourite ways, with jokes, gag gifts and silly hats. All the things we still find 2,000 years later in every Christmas cracker. The end. There was a big round of applause. Nanny Pickens looked around and realised all the customers in the whole supermarket had gathered round to hear her tale. Um, Nanny Pickens, said the supermarket manager, as you know, you are my favourite customer. No one buys more chocolate or cake or cake baking ingredients than you. But do you think you could wind up your story time? We haven't sold anything for the last 15 minutes. Oh, of course, said Nanny Piggins. Don't worry. I'm sure everyone here will buy extra Christmas crackers and Yule logs. Now they know how historically fascinating they are. It's just a shame that dear cousin Livia didn't think to put a chocolate Yule log inside the first Saturnalia hand tube. Imagine how wonderful that would be to have a chocolate cake blasting out with your hat, toy and joke. Yum, said Michael. Oh, my goodness, said Nanny Piggins. That's actually a brilliant idea. Quick, children, fetch more Yule logs and Christmas crackers. We must go home and try it at once. 
And that is the end of the story. All right. Well, let's leave it there. I know I forgot something. What did I forget to say at the beginning? Oh, there's one more thing coming up. Just this week, on Thursday and Friday last week, I went into the studio and I recorded the audio book of Nanny Piggins 5, The Rival Ringmaster. So over the holidays, if you've got more time for listening to me tell you stories, or if you want to listen to things other than the holiday specials, which you may have heard before, then you can download the audiobook from Audible or wherever it is you get your audiobooks from. It should be uh, up there, I think halfway through December it goes up. Um, have a look out for that. You can pre-order if it's not there already. All right, well, that's it. Have happy holidays. I hope you enjoy all the holiday episodes and I look forward to bringing you some new stories in the new year. That's it from me and until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.